Prepare to be captivated by the business story of the week, hosted by me, Shaheen Shan. Join us on a journey through the twists and turns of entrepreneurial triumphs and setbacks. Immerse yourself in the narrative and witness the magic that turns dreams into reality. This is Business Story of the Week. All right, and here we go. Amazing. All right, everybody. Welcome to a very interesting and thought-provoking episode of Business Story of the Week. Today, we've got a superstar. This guy is not only a medical doctor, a psychiatrist, and an entrepreneur, but also interested and has made it his life's work to improve humanity. And we're going to talk about what that looks like. Dr. Fred Moss is a prominent mental health advocate, a psychiatrist, and he's been a captivating keynote speaker. With deep-rooted commitment to helping individuals discover their true selves, Dr. Fred is the driving force behind Welcome to Humanity, a movement that is part of the True Voice Mastermind. Through the transformative power of communication, he fosters healing and genuine connections. As an accomplished author of Creative 8, Healing Through Creativity and Self-Expression, and Find Your True Voice, Dr. Fred has also penned numerous enlightening articles for magazines like Psychology Today. Recently, he unveiled the groundbreaking True Voice course that empowers individuals to reclaim their voice and share their message with the world. Furthermore, his virtual course and mastermind, Healing the Healer, provides invaluable support to healers in transition. And we're going to talk about what that means because I'm not sure I know. Notably, Dr. Fred's thought-provoking essay, Global Madness, What Must Happen to Unite, uh, has, has been making some of the moves and some of the rounds here. Join us as we delve into the inspiring world of Dr. Fred Moss. Dr. Moss, welcome to Business Story of the Week. Great to see you today. It's great to see you. Thanks for having me, Shaheen. It's really just wonderful to be on the show. Thanks. So as we do on Business Story of the Week, let's start out just very briefly with your story, because I know you are a disruptor mm -hmm. in all areas that you get involved in, but particularly medicine and psychiatry, which traditionally has not been going down the road that you've gone. Tell us about that and tell us about your journey uh, to becoming who you are now. Right. Now we could go with, we could go back a long ways. We could go back to the moment I was born as that was my function to be a disruptor. I came into a family that was ready to be disrupted and they called on me to do that. So that's when I earned those stripes. But let's take a, a big leap for the first 20 years of my life where clearly every teacher who had had me uh, would call me a disruptor for sure in those first 20 years, just for historical reasons. But if we look at what happened next, I dropped out of college twice. College didn't work for me. And it wasn't a place where I knew that learning could take place. It wasn't a place where healthy discourse could take place. And I knew that all learning and all human healing was actually brought on by human connection. I was already a big advocate, completely enchanted by human connection as a source of all healing. My mom got me a job or got me an application for a job as a state uh, mental health hospital for adolescent boys. And there um, I really learned and finally started getting paid to 
connect with other people and have that be the source of our healing. And it wasn't just the source of my clients healing, who were about seven years younger than me, but also my healing and everyone else too. When we had open and honest, authentic communications, people heal. And that's still, of course, at the very core of what humanity is about. <clears throat> mm. I, the thing I hated more than anything else was the way psychiatry was dealing with these kids. Uh, I really just dis really disliked psychiatry, and that's why I went into it. Basically, I went into it because psychiatry was already becoming a medicalized field, was already becoming a medicine-based field, a biological field, a field where you called the psychiatrist when you needed someone to be either chemically or physically restrained for behaviors that we thought were uh, untoward or out, out of bounds for what we expected. So we would call the psychiatrist. He would come down, interview the child for three minutes, interview us for three seconds, I should say, and then interview us for like seven seconds and then go into the chart and write something. And we'd have to go retrieve the child, hold him down and jam him full of some adult grade cocktail to put him out of his misery. And if he stayed in a stupor for, you know, for the next 24 hours, we called that a success story. For, to me, that was just heinous, barbaric and unacceptable. And I actually made it my business to go back to school a third time so that I could become a psychiatrist and re-inject um, at my very best the notion that what all that's really necessary in order to cure somebody or in order to heal somebody is truly to become completely connected with them. And that's why I went back into the field. In the meantime, though, the field went through some paradigmatic shifts, as you might recall, which was that Prozac got invented in 1987, that completely altered the face of the entire mental health world. And medicine became the core value of the psychiatric industry. Over the next 40 years, I was typecast with golden handcuffs to be a psychiatrist, the one who was a psychopharmacological expert. And indeed, I did become that, even though, of course, I went into the field so that because that was the last thing I wanted to do. For the next uh, 100,000 prescriptions that I wrote, um, there were several of them. In fact, most and all of them had some degree of heartache or soul sacrifice associated with it. And I knew that I am not a medicator as a primary way of being. Instead, I'm a connector, a human connector, and I help people actually find their core self. So like tuning forks, they can connect to other people. If we resonate with our core values, that's when we get to be ourselves and create the opportunity for other people to resonate with us. And inside of that connection comes true and honest healing. Welcome to Humanity was birthed in 2016 or so. And that now is, you know, self-explanatory. And as a um, as sort of knockoffs from Welcome to Humanity is when I wrote my next two books, The Creative Eight, uh, Healing Through Creativity and Self-Expression and Find Your True Voice. And True Voice just became a way of being, became like that's just who I am, along with so being gonna, the we're gonna, we're gonna get we're gonna get to that. So let's let's talk a little bit. Let's let's rewind for one second. So okay. Yeah. So you're now a psychiatrist. You're working in psychiatric hospitals. You are working and seeing some of the most dramatic events that we would imagine oh, yeah. could happen in Every psychiatric day. hospitals. You're uh, now, now explain just really briefly to the people on the show, what's the difference between a psychiatrist and a psychologist? That's a really good question. And these days, there's a typecast ready-made answer for that question. I think the general public answers that question with one sentence, which is that the psychiatrist is the one who prescribes medicine. And gotcha. the, but in real life, the psychiatrist is the one who went to medical school. It's a completely different schooling. 
And the only thing that's similar to them, sort of like the similarity between ophthalmologists and optometrists, is that they sound somewhat alike in their word choice. But in reality, we're not very alike. Um, Psychologists tend to use talk therapy or different methodologies and don't have uh, prescription rights. And they drop off, or we should say they dump, or they uh, in some ways uh, refer to psychiatry when they're at their wit's end, hoping that we can somehow affect um, their patients by dropping um, by dropping uh, laboratory medicines down their throat. And I, it's not doesn't really work, but that's what psychiatry is about. Got it. Got it. So it, <laughs> interesting. So you're you you signed up for the program. You're like, guys, I want to be a healer. I want to be a doctor. I take this Hippocratic Oath seriously. My, my purpose in this planet is to heal people, so I am going to go into psychiatry. You became a medical doctor, guys, so you know he's got all the privileges and rights and licenses of a medical doctor, exactly. not, just, not just a counselor. And you go into this industry thinking, hey, man, we're gonna, I'm going to make a change. I'm going to disrupt. I'm going to make an impact, only to be dissuaded by the by the fact that they're over medicating people from what i understand from your story and when they could be healing people they're just treating the symptoms so you decided hey this isn't what i want to be a part of i'm going to change the paradigm i'm going to change the storyline here and alter reality, like Steve Jobs would say, I'm going to put a dent in the universe. And so you went on to doing some pretty revolutionary stuff, some pretty disruptive stuff, which is what has led you to uh, where you are now. And that's find your true voice and the true voice mastermind. Am I right there? Yeah, that's a couple of the things that that are outgrowths of this process, for sure. Discover the remarkable journey of Anonymous John. No one likes feeling alone, anxious, or overweight. But John refused to let his circumstances define him. When his weight ballooned to a staggering 600 pounds, he made a choice to take control of his life. He began documenting his journey in his journal, and after shedding his first 103 pounds, he decided to share his story with the world. Through his journal, he offers inspiration and hope to anyone struggling with similar challenges. If you're looking to be inspired and uplifted, the Anonymous John podcast is for you. Join us on this journey of transformation and visit our website, theanonymousjohn.com. Okay. So now, who are the people who you serve? Who, who are the people who reach out to you now? You're, are you still in private practice or are you, have you moved exclusively towards uh, more being uh, a performance coach, dealing with personal growth and creativity and the authentic voice and that type of thing? Yeah, so I'm no longer practicing medicine in the way that people would say that's that's called conventional psychiatry. I'm no longer doing that. I don't accept insurance. I'm not seeing patients. I don't work in a hospital or clinic. Instead, I call myself a transformational restorative coach. And I'm helping people who are on the fringes, either trying to get out of the field or trying to get back into the field. And that includes both patients and the and the providers. So 
um, patients who are interested in, who might think there's something wrong with them and they want to get into the field, I like to consider myself the last exit before they make that uh, very, very challenging decision. And people who are still who are in the field, patients who have been medicated and treated and diagnosed and feel either mistreated or tired of being sick and tired, these are people who um, I also assist in, in walking themselves outside of the field. So helping them get outside the throes of the, of the psychiatric industrial complex. With respect to the wow. providers, that healing the healer that we already spoke of a little bit is about disenchanted providers, providers who went into the field expecting one thing. Everyone who goes into the field as a healer pretty much is counting on the fact that they have the blessings and gifts to be able to help people. That's why people go into the field. But not yeah. too long after entering the field, they learn that that's not what the field's about. And it's, an, you know, it has a meat grinder effect and it really washes away that level of um, heart and soul. Those people need uh, some assistance, some hugging and embracing and some realignment as well. And a lot of my heart and soul these days is aimed at helping those people actually find their true voice and either walk back into the field revitalized or finding a new a new direction to go in in their life that's more aligned with their true selves. Amazing, yeah. So let's let's bring this back. So this is interesting. The show is called Business Story of the Week. Most of our people who listen to us uh, are entrepreneurs, aspiring entrepreneurs, some entrepreneurs, uh, but generally people that are interested in how they be can become better in business. And this is why I've had you on the show. I've always found you a very fascinating person, and we like to have disruptors on the show. We like to have people who go into entire industries and have the capability to go say, hey, you know what? This might be a crazy idea, and I might fail, but this can also change everything. Exactly. And it could really be paradigm shifting. So that's why I, wanna, I wanted to have you on. And this is one of the most interesting things. I'm interested in hearing your take about this. So I talk to people about sales. I tell people all the time that if you have one skill that's irreplaceable, that will make you valuable forever, that will make you uh, completely, totally unfireable and the most valuable person in any organization, and that's sales. But here's the thing. You've got to stop selling. I tell people this all the time. And people look at me with a blank stare. They're like, what do you mean? I've read all these sales books and I've got all these scripts that I say. And I say, I just tell them, excuse my language. Shut the fuck up. Exactly. All you have to do is become an authentic person. And exactly. I love that about what you're saying. Serve people. Come, come from underneath and say, how can I serve you? But just be a real person. Just be genuine. Stop selling. And it's the easiest way to sell. What do you think about that? How does that fit into the work that you do? Yeah, I couldn't be more aligned with that, Shaheen. And that's why we've, you know, that's why we're friends. I think that's very, very clear. We're not just friends. I mean, that's why I love you. And I think that's why you have me on your show today, which is I really think that's the only way if you're is selling is, you know, when you use the word selling, you're almost um, implying sort of conniving and manipulating and getting someone in, you know, catching someone and making the decision to throw money at you for your services. Whereas what I think you're talking about, which is presenting my authentic self as, you know, this is, this is who you get to work with, or this is who we, we get to work together. It is my authentic self that sells itself, that actually creates the clients and the downline and the network and the interest and the raving fans. And the way you do that, the only way to do that, the only way to reliably do that, and the only way to uniquely stand out in a crowd 
is to be your authentic self. And that's the only thing that's going to guarantee honest to goodness selling as a almost as a responsibility. Like if I have a service that's important for the world, it's my responsibility to get it out there. And the only way I can get it out there is to present myself authentically with what it is that I represent. And in and of itself, that authentic self, that authentic presentation, uh, that um, capacity to be genuine in a conversation opens up the gates for people to want to work with me or work with you or work with anyone as long as there is, you know, just consistent and honest to goodness um, uh, access to what is what is truly at the core. Uh, what are the vulnerabilities? What are the concerns? What are the confusions? Feel free to speak to those pains as if they're yours because they are. And that's going to be the best way to be in, you know, a, not only a conscious entrepreneur, but in these days, a scalable, leverageable and successful entrepreneur only has that as, as his access to be an to be a, you know, to be um, to be an entrepreneur, to be a successful entrepreneur. Yeah. So, look, we live in the distraction economy. Everything is trying to steal your more most valuable asset. Right. We live in a distraction economy. Everything is trying to steal your most valuable asset, your time and your attention. People don't know anymore, and I found this repeatedly, if they're being authentic or repeating something they saw on TikTok or Instagram, how can individuals find their authentic voice and effectively communicate their message to create the meaningful connections that you teach about? Right. It's a great question. And here's the thing that I have to trust when people ask that question, what I'm really, my answer is always based on, you know, when you're being authentic, you're actually your finest judge. You know, when you have to remember what you just said, because you might have to say it again, rather than speaking from your heart and soul of what's so, because when you speak from your heart and soul, what's so, you never have to remember what you said. You're never going to have to cover yourself up. You're never going to have to fabricate or exaggerate a story in order to make a point. You're never going to have to fabricate or exaggerate a story in order to make a point. You are never going to have to pretend to be somebody else in order to protect the person that you are. You never are going to have to do that. You know when you're being on inauthentic. And um, it, it, is, it takes practice because we have learned over time. There's a crack in the cement that has occurred over time. That has allowed us to learn that if we exaggerate or if we fabricate a story, we get what we want now at the cost of our inauthenticity. And so we did that as children. There was a crack in the cement that grew and we never went back to repair it. And what's here now is to realize that all that's really counted on, all that's been, we are all authenticity police. And all people really want more than anything is authenticity. And authenticity trumps agreement every single day. Have you noticed that if you're talking to someone who's diametrically opposed to you on a particular topic, but they're speaking from their heart, you actually not only can tolerate them, you're curious and interested in what their viewpoint is. On the other hand, if someone is simply agreeing with you so that they can avoid conflict, that's a discardable person, a dismissible person, even if they're on the same track as you. We don't care so much about whether or not people agree with us. We care a lot about whether someone is speaking from their authentic self. And it does take practice to undo that fear-based way of thinking that has us learn that 
we better be afraid what we say or we're going to be thrown off the island or, you know, dismissed or ostracized and start learning that what people really want more than anything is for us to be aligned with our own core values. Yeah, that's so true. And so we now live in a world where everybody is stressed out. People think, oh man, I'm stressed out. I'm overwhelmed. Dude, mm -hmm. everybody is stressed out. Mm -hmm. Everybody is overwhelmed. Everybody is burnt out. We've mm -hmm. come out of four years of being trapped in our houses and worried about if we're going to get toilet paper or not. Mm -hmm. And people are now coming to the place where we're coming out of that, right? The great plague that that struck in, in the Middle Ages, Asenia Pestis, um, and, and really tore apart uh, most of uh, the the modern world ended, and there was a period of of revival, a period that came out of that, right? The Great Renaissance that came out of that, and so now we're approaching a time where we are coming out of the worst of the of the most recent plague that we had, and people are burnt out, people are tired. How? In, and this will be my last question for you before I know people are, are, are itching now to learn about how they can connect with you and learn about your course. And we'll, we'll, we'll go into that and I'll ask you how people can connect with you. But in days like this, in times like this where people are coming out, how can leaders promote mental wellness and, and create healthy work-life balance and, and, and get to their authentic self and develop meaningful connections? That's really a beautiful question, well stated, as usual, super articulate, and I truly appreciate it. The idea here is there might be nothing wrong with you. It's really important to understand that, that when you talk about mental wellness, that's not the same as talking about always being comfortable. Mental wellness is not equivalent to being comfortable all the time. Being uncomfortable in an uncomfortable world actually represents mental wellness. The idea is you're allowed to be afraid. You're allowed to be anxious. You're allowed to be depressed. You're allowed to be confused. You're allowed to be aimless. You're allowed to be tired. You're allowed to be scattered. These negative vibration experiences are only components of what it means to be normal in today's world. And if there is nothing wrong with you, you don't have to go get undone or fixed for sure what we need in this world where we all find ourselves out of balance is to re be rebalanced and the best way to be rebalanced is to connect with another person so the creative eight it's a little bit of a uh, trailer alert here the, the creative eight uh, um, has a punchline at the end it says that um, helping anybody do anything is the trump card we get to use so being of service and the reason that is such a beautiful way to sort of cure ourselves of our mental illness symptoms is there is no core experience better than service of connecting with another person uh, of connect. There's no core. There is no core experience that is more potent than connecting with another person in service that allows us to relieve our so-called psychiatric or mental wellness symptoms. And the best way to feel mentally well is to connect with another person because rebalance naturally occurs in that direction when that happens. So what do our leaders, what should our leaders do? The, the thing that our leaders need to do, and we've already touched on this, so it comes already as a repeat, is be authentic themselves. 
it is critical that a leader creates a space where their own authenticity is on display because that opens up the capacity for those who are following them or those who are emulating them to open up for themselves. And once we do that, we can create the harmonic resonance necessary to connect with other people. And at the core of that human connection is where human healing will, will and does always take place. Amazing. So that's been super enlightening, Dr. Moss. How do people engage you? How do people get a hold of you? I know you're a speaker. I know you have books. I know you have a website. I'm sure our audience wants to learn more about finding their authentic voice and using creativity and self-expression in their own private healing journey. How do we get there? So just this afternoon, I'm building a site that's uh, I'm having uh, the um, the unveiling, if you say, of, this, of my site called DrFred360.com. And DrFred360.com will be the best place to find me and everything that I'm up to. It's, so this is actually getting finalized this afternoon. All the pieces are in place. So I'm going to risk it and say the best place to find me is at DrFred360.com. There are several different things that are there, including um, access to the previews to my uh, True Voice course. And you can get um, PDFs of my books and you can get uh, also um, a trailer to talk about Healing the Healer as well as how to get a hold of me through email or through social media or through texting. All the classic ways to get a hold of me are there. I am on social media. I like to play mostly on LinkedIn more than Facebook, and those are the two that I generally place on. Um, but really, Fred, uh, DrFred360.com, by the time this airs, is the best place for me to be. And for you guys listening or viewing this, Dr. Fred is not spelled out, so it's dr. F-R-E-D, the number 360.com. So it's D-R-F-R-E-D 360.com. So make sure you go and, and check that. And I know Dr. Fred's going to put up some special treats for the viewers and listeners to our show, and those will be up there as well. So make sure to look for those. Dr. Fred, thank you so much for being on the show. Really appreciate you. It's been an honor. Thank you so much, Shaheen. Great quick. Great questions and great conversation. Really appreciate yeah, it. And we'd love to have you on for a longer form interview because I'd love to dig deeper into this. Would you be willing to come back on at a of later course, time? Of course. I look forward to that. Okay. Yes, sir. Amazing. Thank you. All right. So here's the thing. We try to get a little bit better every day, but we can't do it without you. So if you like the video, make sure to like and subscribe below. And if you have any comments, just leave them in the space under.